0: Viva Los Angelitos! This is Fernando Mendez of Halos in the Infield. Bienvenidos! Welcome! Today is our minor league baseball roundtable, our inaugural minor league baseball roundtable. I, of course, am joined by. Todd Fox. Uh, so, we brought uh, Kieran Lovegrove and Ty Buttry on to discuss minor league baseball. We've done that before. Yes, that's what everyone's wondering. But now we're coming together, bringing both minds who have both experienced this from completely different views. And Todd asked them, you know, Hey, here's how do you feel about this? Okay. So now they, they're going to provide housing, blah, 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 blah. So we dive deeper into what's been done, what can be done and what needs to be done uh, to provide a prosperous future for minor league baseball players. You know, they both admit that, hey, a lot of ground has been made up over the last year, but we are still 20% the way up from Mount Everest. You know what I mean? This is tons and tons uh, of more work to do.
1: Exactly. And personal experiences that they've gone through in different eras of minor league baseball, different teams. So they got to the nitty gritty on a lot of these subjects that, again, was not privy to the, uh, you know, pre social media, uh, major league baseball fan. So there's, they have a lot of great ideas in this episode on what can benefit things moving forward and as far as the state of the game as it is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, one of our most informative uh, interviews we've ever done. I hesitate to call it an interview because it truly is a roundtable, you know, just like a town hall where, you know, Todd asks questions. Um, You know, I chime in from a fan perspective and somebody who has covered uh, the minor league baseball issue for about three, four years now. And uh, obviously, Ty and uh, Kieran share their experiences. So, sit back relax enjoy uh before we get started we of course have to remind you guys to check out our red bubble um we are using all the money all the time to donate to our community uh actually as a response to this interview we donated uh to harmony baseball um that was requested by kieran and uh, we're going to donate to a charity as well of Ty's choice uh when he uh, decides on one so um Always looking to make the community better. So check out our Red Bubble because of that. And also check out our sponsor, Chinook Seedery. Go to Uh click on the ad for easy access, and order the best seeds ever. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, Baseball Roundtable.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, a special presentation. This is Todd Fox along with the co host.
0: Uh, Fernando Mendez. Good evening, everybody.
1: And we have two special guests uh, coming from. Want to go, Ty?
2: Yeah. Ty Buttrey from uh, former Los Angeles Angels pitcher. And right now retired um, entrepreneur, nonprofit owner, um, crypto advocate, NFT advocate. Just uh, happy to be on here and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing.
1: Thank you so much. And we have another guest by the name of?
3: Um, Back again. It's uh, Kieran Lovegrove. Happy to be back for my second time with you guys. Um, I'm a minor league pitcher. I've played minor league ball for nine years, uh, kind of in limbo on retirement right now, but working as a pitching coach and uh, also working as one of the player outreach coordinators with advocates for minor leaguers, uh, which is one of the organizations that we spoke about uh, last time.
1: Nice, nice, and that's why we're having you guys on here today, because we're going to talk a lot of minor league baseball and minor league issues, right, Fernando?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, one thing I want to get out of the way uh, before we get started, and I think this is something we've all discussed privately. Uh, our audience has now gotten to meet uh, both of these wonderful uh, men and ball players um, that, a, if somebody's uncomfortable answering a question no judgment don't answer the questions but b i want to reiterate to our listeners and whoever might be stumbling upon this that this isn't a bash session we're not here to bash major league baseball we're not here to bash minor league baseball no teams nothing we're simply here so that these former players or current players or i guess we're both at the moment just players i i, I don't know um but for you guys to show we're here your to talk about facts
1: man yeah there you exactly. go exactly
0: <laughs> Ty boiled it down because I'm sitting here floundering. Yes, we're here <laughs> to talk about facts, nothing fiction here, no speculation. The questions are going to be straightforward, and I'm sure these guys are going to uh, answer what they feel comfortable with. And uh, anything you guys want to cover before we get started? Anything like that?
2: No, no I think that, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of attention being brought to the minor league situation right now. This has been going on for years. Um, you know, this is not, you guys all know my opinions on how MLB baseball has, um, handled this situation and it's not to throw shade. It's not to say that they are bad or they're evil or this and that it's strictly, um, there's a time, um, you know, and, and there's an opportunity right now that players are truly needing a voice and minor leagues have never had a voice. And so, you know, Kieran has gone through the minor league system he's grinded harder than anybody. And, uh, you know, I've gone through it too for five and a half years and I've, I've seen both sides of it. And I just, you know, I appreciate you guys, Fernando and Todd, you know, you guys are extremely passionate baseball fans. You love the game. Um, I've grown to kind of have a new perspective on the game and kind of appreciate, um, you know, the opportunities that baseball can create. So I'm just, I'm happy to come on here and just kind of, You know, give my voice, give my experience, you know, talk about the facts, not sitting here slamming anybody, but saying that, um, you know, minor league baseball, it's time for, uh, you know, it's time for a change. And I think that's, I think everyone can agree on that.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's just recognizing these athletes for what they are, which is world class athletes. Um,
2: Exactly.
3: It's, I, I don't think it's more that, Yeah, I mean, yes, the MLB has had, the MLB central office has had their mishandlings of this, but I just don't know that they've appreciated what they really have. Mm. I mean, the talent level, the excitement, everything is there. And as, you know, we briefly spoke before the show, it's about the perception of the players.
1: Yeah. I I had a question for you guys. Um, had social media been more prevalent in the 90s or early, even 2000s, do we get to this point? Because I, I'm under the under, – maybe I'm wrong, but I just want to uh, ask your guys' opinion. Do you think social media has brought a lot of this to attention to where we wouldn't know if the social media didn't exist?
3: Well, yeah, I think it's pretty well demonstrated that – I mean, these issues are not recent – issues they've they have a long history in minor league baseball yeah and just the fact that there is such a large population of i mean true baseball fans not taking anything away from them because of their ignorance of what was happening in the minor leagues but there's a huge contingency of those fans who just didn't understand what was going on um that watched these players on the field and really thought that they were living the good life when there's six to a two bedroom and, and <laughs> living off whatever they can put together. It's, you know.
2: Um, it's yeah. Upsetting. Like it is, it is upsetting. And, you know, I, I you talk to a lot of just people that aren't um, I'm not going to say educated because that's very condescending, but just like not aware of the situation. As soon as you hear a professional baseball player, um, you know, a lot of generalization happens and all, everyone automatically assumes that that person's rich and that person's making a lot of money and that things are, um, you know, all fine and dandy. And yes, there are prospects. There are people as myself, I'm not sitting here saying like, "Woe is me as a victim. I had a very good signing bonus. Like I lived a very fortunate um, life in the minor leagues and, you know, I made it to the MLB and I just, I'm looking at this as an outsider now being retired from the game um, you know, with a new perspective that I'm sitting here and I'm seeing what Kieran's saying. I'm seeing what a lot of people are saying. It's like, it's not necessarily saying that people are, and, and, and that's what social media, getting back to your question, like social media started shedding that light because social media gives everybody a voice now. In the past, you know, it was the media giving the players a voice. It's the media, mainstream media giving everyone a voice. And so now you have people with an iPhone that they can sit there and tweet and they can say whatever they want and they can expose realities. And so, um, you know, players are now in a situation where um, it's not all fine and dandy, and and that's being brought to light. And so I think, you know, I'm not going to get into the details of that. I'm going to wait till we get, you know, further into this conversation before I hit home on that. But, yes, to answer your question, social media has definitely brought um, a lot of this, um, you know, a lot of these issues to light. Okay.
1: Fernando?
0: I think I've been on record multiple times um, just saying that it's a situation um, that you kind of already touched on it. It's a situation that nobody knew they had to care about. Right. I mean, you know, there's been this false perception forever that minor league baseball players are properly compensated for the hard work they put in, you know, it's a, it's a much bigger issue that, you know, it's the issue that everyone should care about, but they never knew they had to. It's really the best way to boil it. So yeah, maybe if social media was around in the nineties and, my grandparents could have just sent a tweet or my parents could have just sent a tweet. Maybe things would have gotten changed sooner, but I mean, that's a deeper issue besides just minor league baseball. A lot of stuff could have, could have changed.
2: Well, Fernando, like a lot of people will sit, will sit there and they'll be like, well, look at the opportunity you have, look at the end of the, you know, you can make all this money being a, being a MLB player. And you're, you're given an opportunity that so few people are given. It's like, yeah, but that's that's not what we're sitting here debating. We're not sitting here, you know, fighting that. It's not that we're fighting. We're just sitting here saying, um, you know, you have you have an elite skill set, right? And so, like, you train your whole life and you do certain things and you are not rewarded equally or even close to equally to that. And so now we're in a point where it's like, listen, like, I, I don't think it's sitting here bashing MLB. It's not bashing anybody. It's just saying, hey, listen, um, these aren't players in the minor leagues. That are investments. They're trying to get to the MLB to help win the World Series. Um, and so let's, you know, provide the right opportunities because that's what the minor leagues is for. The minor leagues is for it's, – it's a bunch of prospects that are feeding up into the MLB to help win the World Series, to help the organization. That's what the minor leagues were created for. It's a feeder system. And so for that feeder system, it's not that, yeah, you have that opportunity. It's like, you are still want to be 1% of the greater good. So it's like, man, paying, you know, four bucks an hour. It's like, I'm not sitting here saying the WNBA should be paid more or less or the teachers. Like everyone tries to sit there and they compare, well, this and that. It's like, I'm not comparing that because that's comparing apples to oranges. I'm strictly saying you have... Athletes who are the one percent skill set, you know, that sacrifice a lot. Let's just make sense of this, and let's let's come to the table, and let's do something you know that helps everybody. And uh, it's good to see that the housing situation was taken care of because that was the first step. I think there is more steps ahead.
0: We're gonna yeah. get there. We're gonna get there. So don't yeah. don't gotcha. worry.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you oh. guys, oh, will go ahead for now. Sorry.
0: No, you you go.
1: No, go ahead, man. You had it.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say that. Um, I guess the, the deeper thing here is, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, we're in America. One of the biggest things that everyone likes to talk about constantly is the declaration of independence, right? This piece of paper that was written by guys who didn't brush their teeth. But in that, it says that everyone has the opportunity to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So let's talk about that last part, the pursuit of happiness. How could somebody possibly have the opportunity to live a dream be part of a one percent and pursue their happiness. When we're talking about somebody who's now forced to live in a situation where not only are they not getting paid minimum wage, they're getting paid less than half of the minimum wage, especially in some of these you know states like California, where cost of living might be a little higher than you know any where some of these other states. And that's not a cop out. I'm just saying, you know, you can't possibly pursue happiness. If you got to worry about where your next meal is coming from and you're not getting paid for half the year.
3: Yeah, no, you hit hit it on the head. Um, Right now the system is basically designed to create negative feelings. It puts you in a horrible financial stress. It puts you into relationship stress because most guys can't have their families with them. You have the physical stress of the game, the emotional stress of the game. And you're not given the proper nutrition. Your sleep cycle's all all over the place. I mean, this is scientifically proven to lead to depression. Those sorts of things. Scientifically proven across multiple studies. And yet we sit here and say, that's how we're developing the best athletes in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it's always said, like, hey, it's part of the process. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just wildly Oh, the process. Or- You got to pay your dues.
2: Control what you can control, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. And that's been like, right. That's been the whole, you know, baseball selling the stoic perspective. But I've looked deeper into the stoic perspective and it's not about just taking what they give you. Mm -hmm. It's about doing good. Mm -hmm. I mean, the basic premise of stoicism is to do the right thing when you are presented the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. And if we're expected to live that way, Without the people telling us to live that way, living that way. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, this is kind of like blowing my mind when it comes to this subject. I mean, Ty hit on it, Karen's hit on it now about the living conditions, about the mental effects and things like that. Uh, One of my questions was, why should people care? And I think if you think about it, um, before I get your guys' comments on it, people care about those making minimum wage at fast food restaurants, they're not athletes but they can't get by if they're not at least making minimum wage. And some some people like to take advantage of some of, of people and they don't get paid and they're not able to to get their meals. I think baseball players although if you take away the glitz and glamour of the major leagues, they're in the same situation as these uh workers at these restaurants. I don't know if you guys are uh, like if you agree or not, but the uh, but they don't have a agency up until now recently what you guys have been talking about off air. And which I w- would like for you guys to talk about here, but they don't really have anyone speaking out for them, and they're ma- basically making less than minimum wage. Thoughts on that?
2: So, are you asking? Are you basically asking why should people care about minor leaguers? Like why they should yeah, care yeah.
1: about? Yeah, because their living conditions. The like take, take baseball aside, like the human aspect. Right.
2: Well, yeah. Um, go. Kieran, you want to talk about, you want, you want to go or you want me to go? What?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one if you're right. Um, I mean, from a human aspect, we, we're really not asking for more than human dignity. Mm. Um, the ability to live comfortably within a space and not feel that you are being encroached upon by another person. Mm. When you have to live six people to a two bedroom, there's not a lot of space. You just don't feel like a human at times. You kind of just feel like you're penned in like animals and you know you can make all the bullpen arm barn references (laughs) but there are absolutely times where (laughs) it feels like minor league baseball players are just treated like show cattle Mm. they shipped this way and the other to this fair and that fair and the ones who really can't cut it well all right you just send them to the slaughterhouse it's i mean it's that simple you walk into spring training one day and all of a sudden five of your friends are gone I mean, there's no counseling for that. Yeah. Uh, It's one of the worst days in the locker room in any spring training is is that moment. And it is a very human moment to us. And I feel like nobody can appreciate that human element, you know, just.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's tough to appreciate that, that element that, you know, Kieran's talking about because we have that perspective and we have those emotions that we've gone through. And so people, when you try to express that through interviews like this or roundtable conversations or tweets, um, it gets lost in translation a lot of the time. And so at the end of the day, the public, the media kind of, it usually sums up as, you know, rich athletes bitching about um, unfair wages. And so it just kind of gets thrown under the table. And so that's where there's so many things. I mean, you look across the board, I mean the minor leagues for hockey. I mean it's it's like those guys are actually taken care of, man. It's like you know there's not really a minor leagues for football. It's you know you have the Canadian Football League and it's basically college right into it. So they kind of you know escape out of it, and then you have like the D League or the B League, whatever for the NBA. And honestly, um, I'm not going to speak on that because I don't know their situation. I'm I'm strictly talking about.
3: But they're, they're um, all unionized. I can tell you that.
2: Yes. So um, if and it that's wasn't the, for the
3: hockey team in, in Madison, we wouldn't have had a place to live this year. We lived in their apartments. Wow.
2: It's um, true.
3: We had to rent their apartments off of their owner.
2: Wow. And, and, and like, there's no union right now for the, for the minor league players. And that's where, I think there's an opportunity right now. It's not that guys are sitting there. Um, it's like, people should, people should care about what they want to care. Like you can't force anyone to sit there and say, you should care about this because these people, it's like they may reconcile and like feel the same pain that these guys are. But like, unless you're in that situation, you're not really going to understand what's going on. And that's why I look at it from, I'm trying to like, when, you know, I know I came out very hot, you know, attacking and like saying and throwing blame. And then like through with with perspective and kind of like taking the last couple of months to understand the situation, understand how the business side does play into this. I'm strictly saying, man, that's not. I'm not sitting here like arguing guys should be making one hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm not sitting here arguing that minor league baseball players should be taken care of. And it's like you make it to the MI, you know, you make it to the MLB. You should just like kick your feet up and say you're good. Like, no, like you make it to the MLB or um, like the minor leagues there should be that incentive. Like it should be a little uncomfortable because you want to get to the MLB. Like you want to be that elite player. Like it shouldn't just be, Hey, I made it to the minor leagues. I'm good. But at the same time, when you're making $10,000 a year in the housing situation, the food, the mental health, like you're all these aspects in the
3: off Yeah.
2: You're, you're working two jobs, man. It's like, I'm not sitting here really fighting for much. We're fighting for something that's just a basic human right, man. Like, what? You, like it's, it's, it's a no brainer at the end of the day, if you depend on how you look at it. So like fans can sit there and say, Hey, I don't care about, but like, that's your prerogative. I'm just saying like, listen, man, like you can go work at McDonald's. You can make more money than you can be p- being a 1% athlete. Yep. Yeah.
3: I mean, it can be summed up in the antitrust exemption, basically the ability for the MLB to pay us whatever they want, because we're a non unionized body. Um, basically <laughs> call, calling us season, seasonal workers when we actually work 49 w- weeks out of the year, with most guys taking maybe three weeks off at the end of the season before they start working out and training again. I mean, these are working-class dudes. They show up, mm-hmm. they grind all day long, they go home tired, and they do it again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Like, these are working-class dudes. They are what allows those stadiums to be filled with people, what allows the stadiums to have workers, what allows yeah. to, you know, those smaller towns to employ people. It's because true. those stadiums are filled with great athletes that really put it on the line every single day.
1: And, and, you know, the last time we talked with Ty, he brought up something caring about, you know, guys who have families who started young oh. or married. And, and his wife was like, I don't know how they do it. And, and like, uh, I didn't even think about that. You know, here they go. They, you know, it's one thing for a player to, to, to be following their own dream, trying to get where they got to get crafting their or or trying to be at the best of their craft all year long, like you mentioned, 49 weeks of the year. And, and, uh, but then to have a family on top of that, you know, or, or have a little baby and, or a wife or a girlfriend or something to support too. I mean, that's the mental aspect that just, I didn't think about till Ty and his wife brought that up. You know, that's, I, I,
3: that hit me home or that hit home for me for the first time really this year, because my roommate who I was sleeping in the same room with mm-hmm. He had a daughter who was, I think, two months old when he left for spring training. Okay. And he didn't see her for six months. Wow. So he missed first words. He missed all these moments with his daughter that he'll never get back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You can put him in the big leagues for 15 years. He'll never get those moments back. Yep. It. it I understand that the game requires sacrifice. The game itself draws that sacrifice out of guys, it shouldn't come from their families. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't come from the time that they can spend with their kids.
1: Agreed.
0: Powerful stuff.
3: Do
1: you guys happen or do you want to share an experience that you had that through your minor league time that just blew you away, like give an example to the fans out there about your personal, maybe a personal struggle you had in between?
2: Um, man, I mean, I mean, I guess there's obviously a lot of scenarios, you know, shitty ass bus bus trips, <laughs> bad spread, you know, um having my curtains ripped off in a mile, you know, a ball hotel with a red light shining through with a condom on top of the smoke detector with the red light blaring oh. through getting up in a 12 hour bus ride. Like it's, it's it, but like. That's the thing. It's like, there's so many things. It's like, it's not that we're, you know, people are bitching about that, man. Like, that's just the, that's the work and that's the grunt You really cherish
3: those moments.
2: <laughs> yeah, like you cherish that and you own it. Like that's being a part of a, like, a grinder. Like you're grinding, you're in that opportunity. It's not that you're bitching about that. Like Kieran's basically talking like, guys are sacrificing lives and years within their, like like people are- it's not that they're sitting and, and bitching and complaining about woe was me like, Oh, I'm so it's just like, dude, listen, like okay, I'm taking, my, I'm yeah. yeah. Like I'm missing my, my daughter's, you know, first walk and I'm missing her at school and I'm getting paid 10 K. And then when this all is over, there's no union, there's really no representation. And I'm just kind of like, peace. All right. on to the next guy. And it's like, it's a very little step just to put a system in place to take care of minor leaguers. After the fact, to like truly, truly like buy in, or give them a salary that represents them being a one percent. And so, like, man, there's, I mean, that, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to sit here and ever complain about long bus rides because that's that's the reality, man. You guys, Fernando, you're on the road 24 seven. You're traveling for your job. Todd, you, you guys are working your ass off. Like, yeah. it's not complaining about the work, man. It's complaining about just simple things that just to me it's a no brainer, but to other people it may not be. And-
3: you know, f- fair credit to the MLB, they have at least tried to address the you know sixteen hour bus rides. They've re- yeah, you know yeah, they, they reorganized yeah. they've done a few things where it's like, hey, maybe they're, maybe we're getting it. And then they put out a housing proposal like they did, and there's just there's a lack of any sort of reality mm. to that proposal. It does not reflect what we actually experience on the ground. And that's where you realize. Nope, they're still a bit out of touch, which is yeah. not their fault. They haven't stepped you know foot on a minor league field for 20 years. But those of us who live that life, those of us who experience it day in, day out, we have the answers to those questions. We have the what's the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. because it's already happened to one of us. You know, I had my personal struggles with alcoholism and my inability to find help through that or my inability to ask for help. Because I was scared of how I would be perceived by the front office. Yeah. And I even think that there were plenty of people around me who saw my spiral who felt that it wasn't their place to speak up. And so, you know, outside of the game itself, because the game itself puts enough pressure and causes enough stress, just the day in, day out work, the stuff outside of that. The families, the parents, the kids, the stress that comes from that, the stress that comes from your own struggles as a human being that we all have. Those are really the the moments where we feel alone. And where, at least in my personal experience, I didn't feel like I had anywhere to turn.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Was there ever an opportunity or uh, ever a time where you guys maybe were on one of those long bus rides where you pull into town and you literally don't know where you're going to sleep that
2: night? Uh, On the road? No. I, we always had a uh, hotel provided by the team for us. Um, I think breaking from spring training Mm -hmm. or, you know, getting called up or getting demoted. I think that's when you get demoted and you're responsible for a lease um, you know, and you're trying to figure out within less than 24 hours where you're going to stay, I think that was very, very prominent. I don't I, – and m- maybe, like I said, I went through the minor leagues with one organization, Kieran's maybe I, – I don't know. I'm sorry, I, I don't know how many teams you've been with. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, maybe there's been that getting off a bus, right? But, like, when you're on the road, like, if the team doesn't have a hotel or anything set for you, man, like <laughs> – Shame on them. That's bad. That's bad. We,
3: we, well, we saw more, and I have had moments where on the road we'd arrive at a hotel and they'd be like, Oh, we thought you arrived tomorrow.
1: No, yeah, like,
3: well, there's three of us, like, and we're here today.
1: Yeah,
3: and we have an email showing that we said we were going to be here today, and then you're sitting there and they're scrambling to get rooms, or you know, you arrive at a place at 3 p.m. and they say, Oh, none of the rooms are ready and they won't be ready until after the game
1: oh man
3: that like stuff like that happens where no it's not the end of the world but you just end up sitting in a hotel lobby for four hours yeah it's it's not you know it's not glamorous And then you got to go perform right yeah and like sometimes you'll do (laughs) that bus ride or god forbid your bus breaks down had that happen multiple times
2: it's happened before
3: yeah we're like all of a sudden you're on the side of the road for six hours waiting for the next bus to get from 450 miles away and you just sit there and you play cards. And I mean, for lack of anything else you drink, like that's, that's how it starts for a lot of guys. And, you know, for a long time, I think alcoholism was a huge problem in baseball. I think it's actually starting to get better, but you know, the lifestyle breeds certain habits
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, there's so many guys who will quit dipping for a whole off season, get back, and two weeks later they're throwing them in. Can't help it. Yeah, it. The lifestyle kind of forces you to build those habits, so you can bring yourself up for the game and bring yourself down afterwards to sleep.
1: True. True. Do you have anything to add on that, Fernando, or Ty? Uh,
0: no, no, I never played in the minors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well then how do you guys feel about the per diem right now, the system for food? Um, you know, what can be done to help the players stay nutritional? Because you guys are both, we, when we had you on before, you guys were talking about people getting Big Macs and stuff like that. And when I think athletes, I don't think guys endorsing a Big Mac, you know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to have propel or you want to have like good food or, I mean, if anything, Subway, if you, if you got to go that close, (laughs) I mean,
0: mean, just guess in Subway.
1: Yeah, I mean like oh I'm just dear. saying like like as far as like <laughs> as far as food like like what do you think of how they they're going about it nowadays?
3: How do you want to start? Man.
2: Um yeah, I'm not trying to sound out of touch with this, but I haven't been in the minor leagues in 3 years, so I am not trying to sound douchey or whatever. I just strictly <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I um when Hello. I was playing, yeah. like you know, like Boston always provided actually good food and in the minor leagues. They tried very hard to have spring training, have good quality, high quality food. And you know, obviously, um, there's more money that could have been spent for each minor league team. Um, I've heard of horror stories. I've been on away games where I, I don't think the I don't think the away clubby should be the one providing the food. I think that overall arching organization needs to be providing the food. I don't think the clubby should be the one going out to the grocery store and getting ham sandwiches to provide for professional athletes. I, I think that, you know, food, um, housing, travel arrangements, those should all be, um, a class. Um, you're an A class athlete and you should be treated like an A class athlete. Obviously when you get into the big leagues, you should be treated like an A plus athlete. Um, And so, you know, there's things that happens, um, the travel, you know, obviously the pay is what it is. And uh, hopefully that changes, man. But like, um, I like, and, and, and honestly, like guys, like I keep, I don't mean going back to Boston. I'm just trying to strictly give you my perspective from the one team I've spent in the minor leagues with. And so it's good that Kieran is, you know, he's been here and he's been with multiple teams and he's seen it. And like, I've heard the stories, like, Oh, yeah. I've heard of other teams being like unbelievable, and that's that's the biggest issue. It's there's such a gap from team to team, and there's so much um, discrepancy. That's like, why is there this big of a like? It should just be this is what it is carried across all thirty clubs. Like, why is each club and each level and each owner and each but like why is there so much discrepancy with this?
3: Yeah, there's so many guys get lost in the cracks. There's so much information now about exactly how important nutrition is Mm -hmm. for I'm not going to exaggerate every single aspect of a human body. It's just that important. And when you are taking bodies and pushing them to the absolute limit, it does not make sense to pour corn whiskey in the gas tank. And that's essentially what's happening is you're just taking the cheapest, easiest to distill food pulled pork super super simple right Hmm. well it's not great when you have it four times a week yeah you know it when you never get fermented food and you're only eating this processed kind of garbage that they throw out it does huge 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 damage inside the body and so from a strictly scientific standpoint it doesn't make sense to me that teams wouldn't provide better food for their athletes if they're trying to make better athletes to win more baseball games I mean, if I am sitting there as an owner of a team and I'm not providing them with the best available food so that they can be as nutritiously, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can can be as um, nutritious as possible in their eating Mm. and really fueling their body the right way. If you're not doing that as an owner, then why do you own a team? Yeah. I mean, if you're not, putting everything you have on the table to win a championship every year. That's the only way you're going to push every year to get your team better. If you're constantly sitting there going, well, our system's doing okay and we've finished 15th out of 30th every year. So things are okay and we're making a profit. And you're not, you know, actually pushing those profits into your system to make it better. Then I genuinely don't understand why you are there trying to compete in the first place. And you know, I've I've said this before multiple times. I'm not afraid to go after the owners because I do feel that there has been some issues with just non-competitive teams that have actively gone against what is what really should be the the standard, and said, well, we're going to do it this way to save money or, or whatever reason, and they constantly are not putting out winning teams, and they're constantly not putting out high prof or high profile prospects. They're having high draftees that burn out in their system. That needs to stop Mm -hmm. for the betterment of all baseball that needs to stop. And, you know, I think the first step to that is really shedding light on how bad the issues are across the board of the minor leagues and showing that these athletes are not being treated the way that they need to be treated. If you're looking to win championships.
1: Now Ty brought oh. up uh, Ty brought up uh, you know the, the team's just there's no consistency, like one team does it this way, one team does it that way. Karen brought up in his last uh, interview with us that there're now certain teams and angels being one of them now that are providing two meals a day. Um, does that a Three or three, three we upped it
3: from two to three because what we were getting was so inadequate yeah yeah and it, you know they actually listened to us and made an adjustment that we all really appreciated
1: what's What's your opinion on that, both of you guys? and do you think, like Ty said that that can be more mandated for everybody instead of just one team here, one team there
2: what's my opinion on can you repeat the question ty oh. like what's my opinion on what
1: oh um uh, what's your opinion on them getting offering the third meal, you know certain teams doing it? Can it be something to where we can get this involved with everybody instead of just having, well, you're the Orioles, you only get two. You're the Angels, you get three.
2: Very simple, man. I mean, how many – it's like, you know, (laughs) it doesn't take too much thought to understand that a human being needs at least three meals a day. It doesn't – like, it's very simple. It's You have an athlete, as Kieran said, you have an investment. Um, If you're trying to win the World Series, which all 30 clubs should be trying to win the World Series (laughs) – they pay money to these players as their prospects. If you have a prospect, or if you have an investment, any person that understands business should want to take care of that investment. Mm-hmm. So whatever it takes. Obviously, there's a threshold. Um, you know, people have an opinion of should I have this food? Should I have that food? Should I have this travel? Should I have that travel? That's very discretionary, and that's where I think a lot of people are starting to say, like, listen, it's not like we're fighting this. Ask for flame and yawn and lobster and uh, our own, our, our, our own um, hotel room. I have, you know, I, I get it. You have to double up in the, in the, in the minor leagues. Like it is what it is It's just strictly like there's very basic things, three meals a day as an athlete having four meals a day would actually be great. So you're not relying on the clubbies. So the team provides three meals a day, having adequate housing, having adequate travel, having adequate uh, mental skills and health professionals at every single level and having a salary that you can actually provide and support your family. Um, and that's where it's like, man, like you boil it down to very simple things like that. It's not like there's, ass, you know, there's, there's not this thing going on. It's just what's right and what's wrong. And right now we're starting to see the change, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Karen. Yeah. I mean, it has to work, right? Whatever solution yeah. comes has to it's actually work. work. <laughs> and plain and simple those things will work if you give housing if you give year-round better pay and you provide better nutrition automatically the floor is going to raise your your least you know valued asset is going to go up and Mm -hmm. everything above it's going to go up too and you know giving that competitive environment where everybody's getting adequate nutrition where everybody's getting the resources they need if they have mental health issues, um, you know, struggles. We'll make the entire system better. It will promote better culture. I mean, really within the system, we'll promote a healthier culture. One where players are looking after one another. They're actually, there's a buy-in to, hey, it's not just the big league team winning a world series. It is this organization winning a world series. Exactly. Because I've never seen a big league team, start with a 25 man roster and win a world series with the same 25 man roster not changing it once yeah
2: it takes the whole organization pretty, man from, from the person that takes tickets happened. from the person that takes tickets to the guy that's checking guys in if the whole organization man if everybody has good culture good energy man it, it's it's contagious it's contagious and it's like why would you not want every single person taken care of i understand there's profits i understand baseball when you get into professional it's a it wavers between a game and business. I'm not sitting here bashing that. I'm just saying like how do you how do you still, you know, as an owner, you still have to do what you gotta do. But it's like, man, like I feel like there's an easier way to take care of the people that, you know, are out there. It's like and and that's the thing, man. It's like when I say that, people are like, yeah, well what about the the WNBA or what like what about school teachers? I'm like, dude, like stop trying to twist my words and like stop trying to twist this meaning it's not about I, I like I respect that I have I don't talk on that because like Karen like I don't talk on that because I don't have that perspective so if I'm talking on a WNBA I'm talking about a school teacher like do I think everybody should get paid for what they are yes 100% but like people like to discredit and be like oh minor league players they should get this and well, this person—it's like, dude, that's not what I'm fighting for. I'm just talking about a basic human rights, man, of what makes sense or not.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of people who seem to think like, oh, well, you're just lucky to be there. Right. Like, like lucky? I've started it's at like five a- years old and dedicated everything my life <laughs> to. Right. Yeah, right. Like, I put my Bro, head like, down with no. Uh, every six years old, seven years old, eight years old. What do you want to be when you grow up? Baseball player. Every <laughs> single time. You yeah. Know, it. It's no, it's not luck. It's right almost like Hard a predetermination.
2: Work. It is it's that you
3: know you're going to get there.
2: Yes, you and do. So you wow. do
3: everything you can. And like these players will push their body to the actual breaking point, mm-hmm. moving their body in such a way that their body like their tendons, their ligaments, their muscles give out. Wow. I mean, that is the the pain that they will put themselves through to give themselves a chance at that generational wealth for their family. It's true. I mean, that's true. It's absurd to me that anyone thinks we're lucky to be here. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you earned it. If if I can uh, butt in, I want to say that um, I've said multiple times you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if minor league baseball players are, quote unquote, your weakest link, that's not a bad place to be. These are still world class athletes, these are still some of the best players on the planet. So why aren't they treated as such? I mean, we're talking about basic human rights, food. I mean, your employees providing food, or they, and they should in this case, because they're demanding a lot out of your bot. I mean, when I travel, I get per diem for traveling. And I mean, I, though I consider myself very, very good at what I do, hence why I'm gone 70% of the month for my job. <laughs> Um, you know, my boss still compensates me for the work that I do. So how come a guy who's in pest control gets properly compensated for missing my kid's first day of kindergarten, for missing my fiance's birthday 3 years in a row? You know, these are things I signed up for with this job. Yes. You know, you 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 sign up to miss out on some stuff with your families in the minor leagues. You sign yes. up for maybe not staying at the best hotel once in a while but what you don't sign up for is having to go to sleep hungry because you didn't want to talk about that night you know right. what you didn't right. sign up for is you not being able to see your children for six months that's not what you signed right. up for you signed up to one day be in a position where hey I accomplished my goal I did it with my family I did it with you know this group of players who You know, we fall in love with playing together. You know, that's why these guys do it. I guarantee you none of these guys are doing it to eat, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. after working their ass off all day.
3: You do it at 10 a.m. too. It doesn't matter what time of the day, you're probably eating peanut butter and jelly.
2: (laughs) Fernando, like, think about this, man. Like, think about, you know, the reason why legally uh, minor league baseball players haven't been able to get a full salaries because baseball and minor leagues is considered a part-time job and this is I've talked on this before and Kieran knows and everyone knows that baseball is anything but a part-time job you know you are training all the time and that's discretionary so like that doesn't that's not looked at when you go into the court of law you, you know because some athletes train uh, 40 hours a week because that's what they need to other athletes can pick up a bat and hit 45 home runs it's so it's discretionary so that's kind of yeah. thrown outside of court of law but you start looking into um, what's demanded from a team and so you know you have six months of baseball 160 games I think it's now it's 140 in the minor leagues or 142.
3: 120 um, this year
2: it's 120 so you're still playing five months of baseball and then yeah. you have two months of spring training so you're at you're at the you know you're playing ball for seven months but here's the other thing what happens when you have a month after the season to go to instructional league or strength camp and yeah. it's yeah. mandatory that you go mandatory optional that you go and it's like well now you're 8 to 9 months and it's like you're not even getting paid like you're not getting, getting
3: a like salary a $12 a day per diem yeah, a $12 a <laughs> day so yeah. it's like
2: it's yeah. like, dude. Like, I have no problem going to. An, I've been to four instructional leagues. I've been to Dominican. I've been to three skills camps. I've been. To, I've been to every single camp you can go to. And it's like, dude, this is not a part-time job. Like, if I'm going to go to, yeah. like, and th- and, th- and that's the thing. It's like, I, I know I'm nitpicking on that one aspect, but like that one aspect is rampant throughout a lot of teams, and that just goes to show, kind of like how there's a lot of manipulation i don't want to say like manipulation i just want to say like it's it's allowed because as kieran said there's no union like there's no exploitation is the word yeah it's exploitation (laughs) exactly like exactly
0: exactly so it's like i think that's like the systems problem though i mean there's a lot of you know and this is getting into like the politics things so we won't dive too deep into that but you know there's a lot of companies who can get away with things like that oh it's a part-time job well i mean I mean, i worked at SeaWorld and SeaWorld was the best company I personally ever worked for aside from the company I work for now and over there they give everyone strictly 28 hours so they can be part-time because they don't want to give you benefits so mm-hmm. that whole thing was kind of shady okay. you know oh, you, you can't go to past 28 it's, but- it's
3: that antitrust exemption that we brought up and you know The legislation is moving in the direction of getting rid of it. It was brought up in the NCAA's name, image, and license case and said, basically quoted that specific piece of legislation and said, yeah, this is antiquated, doesn't make sense anymore. So the direction is moving towards revoking their ability to do what they do, which is pay us as seasonal workers or artistic workers or whatever the, the specific clause is. And, you know, that would go up above the head of the central office. That is... Something that we hope to see happen soon, but understanding how legislation works and bureaucracy, I wouldn't expect it for another year or so, if that. Well,
1: well, piggybacking off what you said right now with the likeness case, uh, I can go on MLB The Show right now, you know, even a couple years back and see Ty Butchery on there. Uh, and, and then I could see you on the new one, too, like in the minor leagues. Is there a payout for that? As far as because you guys are non-union players, like Safe Ty was still in the minor leagues from years ago, or I mean, did you guys even know about that till recently? That the likeness issue.
3: Your UPC, your uh, uniform player contract, denotes mm-hmm. that you give up your
0: name, image, and license to the team. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, how come Barry Bonds was able to get away with it? He wasn't. He wasn't allowed to be on games, was he? Just because he wasn't part of the no, players. Not, he
1: Yeah, he specifically... He told Michael Jordan, he, he didn't want to be on it. Didn't want to yeah.
0: Be on it. Okay. And then there's guys who have certain clauses and contracts. For instance, minor league teams can't sell a jersey with your name on it, correct? Correct. But a guy like Tim Tebow, the Mets are able to do that because he signed a specific clause in his contract. So, you know, it works for certain people.
3: <laughs> no, it's, it's a pretty screwed up system. Um, the the immediacy of that signing, like it is the day you sign your first UPC, you sign your name image, like this away.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. All
3: right. Like the only way you can really get paid for it is through um, card deals and like sponsorship okay. deals.
1: Got you. Got you. Quick question real quick um, before I get into my next one. With your guys' experience, I know Kieran brought up he had the alcohol problem, didn't know who really to go to, wasn't really encouraged. Do you guys... In your experience, were you able to have a nutritionalist with you or, or, or that you can, that you had an opportunity to talk to if you had issues with your diet or were, or did you have someone that you could talk to, say, if you had interest uh, with talking to someone just, just to release some stress because you were feeling a certain way. Did you have those options when you guys were in the minors available to you?
2: Um, like I said, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys, and I want to talk about the facts from my perspective. Boston mm-hmm. um, did a very good job, and and that's why I talk about you know I've heard of horror stories, and there's something that needs to be talked on that. From it, it varies drastically from team to team. But um, you know, I got introduced to the mental side, how to manage thoughts, control what you control, journaling, breath work. As soon as I was drafted as a rookie by Boston, we had mental skills coaches at every level. Wow. We had nutritionists at every single level, um, and I do think that that helped me a lot. It honestly it formed me in today, and so I'm not saying this to, you know, counter against anything that's going on. I'm just like I said, I want to be honest with you, and I've I've heard other teams, and it's like, wait, you had a nutritionist? Really? You you guys had mental health? Like what? You guys had that? In, in low a like and that's that's what's sad is that every team's not doing and i'm not putting boston as this thing yeah, but that's a test other teams Boston's here
3: success yeah i mean it's why right it's successful.
2: Yeah. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's no
3: question why the teams that perennially will show up in the playoffs and put out competitive teams is not because they're always the team spending money at the top mm-hmm. it's the teams that know how to spend their money well and Boston clearly does a good job in providing resources for their players. It's why they've been able to develop some really talented baseball players over the yeah. last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've really done a good job. Dodgers do a great job. Yankees do a great job. Rays do a great job on a, cheap, on a budget. But there are teams going in next year that their entire team payroll will be less than Max Scherzer's one year.
1: I saw that today.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There several.
0: Yeah. And <laughs>
3: you want to tell me that there's a money problem in baseball? I can tell you where the money problem is. It's not being spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baseball received $1.1 billion at least in betting revenue last year.
1: Wow. That's just on the betting side. <laughs> <Where did laughs> they have to and then go? you
0: wonder how teams like Oakland develop such talent, considering you know, the photo surface this year of spreads um, from players in that organization.
3: I'll tell you what, my experience with guys from Oakland, they've got some good development personnel. Okay. They've got some really good baseball minds over there. Okay.
2: They have some got guys some, pres.
3: <laughs> they've got some really tight some really tight booked accountants too. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
1: All right. So the next question um I wanna ask you guys is the we touched on a little bit the, the housing situation for certain teams. What's your opinions on how far it's come now, or at least the the, the agreement? You guys said it kind of said it was all over the place, but do you think we're heading the right direction when it comes to that?
2: I think anytime that you have change or you have a step in the right direction, I think it's beneficial. I also think that um, a lot of things that's been happening in the minor league space has been um, – it's been cute. You know, it's been um, a distraction. And at the end of the day, the root issue isn't being solved. And it's almost like a, a mask or it's, it's a cover-up. I'm not saying that this is a cover up. I'm saying that it's a band aid. And that's not the root issue. The root issue is a lot more than that. So, um, you know, what happened in the media, the media uh, started talking a lot about the housing situation. You know, players doubled up, this and that. Mainstream got on a certain amount of teams. And then all of a sudden, um, then there was a fix and then it was done. And so, you know, is it a step in the right direction? Uh, Sure. Maybe um, players getting paid more than $3 an hour. It, you know, when that changes, when other aspects of that, this whole system change, then I can say yes. Um, from, from just my opinion, looking at the housing direction, sure. Like it, it, I, 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 like I said, I, I don't like it. It's It's cool. It's not great. It's just not, what needs to happen but sure is it a, is it a semi-step here go ahead because i'm kind of flabbergasted right here like i i don't really ask it's, to be honest the like,
3: way i see it is it is a huge win that our voices got heard and yeah. that there was even the acknowledgement that there was a problem mm-hmm. um, and then the proposal that came out kind of showed exactly what we thought which is the people making these decisions aren't the people who know what the minor leagues are like yeah I mean, putting a clause in there no more than two per room, and then yeah. following it up with a clause that says, well, if there's no adequate housing, a hotel will suffice. That would basically allow teams to put guys in hotels both at home and on the road for six months a year. Double yeah. up. Living in a hotel for six months. Yikes! That's, in, that's if you include the spring month, and then if you go back for Instructs, you're in a hotel again, typically. Yeah. So, it's There are some question marks. There was nothing brought up about families. There was nothing brought up about uh, kids, spouses. It just felt like we have to get something out. Yeah. Here's the basics. Yeah. The the clause in there that I really appreciated players will not be responsible for a lease. That solves a huge logistical problem with definitely just getting into a place, finding a place that one will do a six month lease, which is a month longer than the season. So you end up paying more than you have to. And then if that place will allow you to break that lease, if you get moved up or down. And typically if you try and break a lease, it's double, it's double months rent, or you can leave the lease and hope that the guys who are living there don't trash the place and you lose your security deposit. So what you've had
0: happen, right? I talked about on the
3: last (laughs) podcast. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you think they can come up with a third-party group to come in there and maybe address these issues and realize, hey, look, the families take a toll. They should have a place, Uh, you know, maybe get a better perspective because you guys are obviously saying the the wrong people are making these decisions, the ones that have never had to go through this. Do you think an outside perspective they'll actually, you know, humble themselves and allow that to happen, or is this just going to Let's – and
3: it's –
2: It's so just so we're clear, it's not the wrong people. It's not the bad people. It's not, you know, we're not sitting here slamming. It's just, there's a group of people as Kieran and I are saying that have been through this situation that understand the ins and outs of it, Mm -hmm. that are looking at it from a mental health, a physical health aspect. And so that's why before this whole zoom talk, you know, started, I was giving praise to more than baseball um and what kieran slade and these guys are doing because there's not many organizations out there that are doing this and so when you have people that are representing brands and putting their name on the line for the greater good um you know that those are the people that can do change that's why i've used my platform to talk about this um obviously i'm not in the big leagues right now um but you know i've stepped away from the game but like i'm what like yeah like talk about a, another organization coming in, like more than baseball, what they're doing, like they're doing a really good job. And they're kind of creating some eyes on it. And I think it's, I think it's going to start working. It may take time, but it's on the hot seat.
3: I mean, just, I, I happen to have this one next to me, but like, this is just writing out ideas on ways you can fix the, the housing system. Mm-hmm. Wow, like, It's, there are easy solutions that, you know, you can run the numbers on, and in the long term, they make more sense. Yeah, and you don't have to go to a third party because that knowledge exists within the fifty-four hundred professional baseball players you have in the minor leagues. That's the thing that's always amazed me is the complete lack of um, awareness of just how much information is floating around the minor leagues that isn't being tapped into by Major League Baseball to better the system to better baseball. I mean. Wouldn't it make sense to just make the pie bigger instead of trying to take a bigger slice? Yeah. Make profits for everyone better. Allow everyone to benefit from those profits and then put it back into the systems, put it back into the communities. Like that's the goal. And if they're not utilizing that information, then they're really like kind of cutting their own hand off.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking when I brought the question about the third party is just because like for the main reason is, is that these companies are thinking company wise, they're not thinking, let's go to the players and get their perspective. So, but yeah. I, I, I get what I get your points on that though. That's that
0: makes- I mean, the answer is in front of them. I mean, you know, the, they, the answer is in front of them. I mean, if your car's save, broken. Yeah.
3: If they want to save money, why are they going to shell out $5 million to a consultant fee to talk about even building a place? Yeah. Why do it? Why not just ask the people who have lived it and said, Hey, this would work. Yeah. Now all you need to do is fund it instead of shelling out this ridiculous fee for a consultant.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. It's I don't know if it's ego of them thinking, oh well, you know, the system works because we make it work. Yeah. From the top. When really it's being pushed from the bottom always. It's being fed from the bottom constantly. And that new blood is what constantly breeds or breathes new life into the game every few years. You get a player who just turns the world on its head. We had like four of those this year. Mm-hmm. We had so much just incredible baseball to watch and all these athletes. And people don't realize you have the same caliber athletes down the road and you don't have to pay $80 to get in and park. And like you can just get in for 10 bucks and go watch that same caliber level of athletes.
1: And sit very close to the, uh, the stadium, get good seats, talk to the players, because usually yeah. minor <laughs> leaguers are very impersonable.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's a we, we talked about it before the show, and I'll, I'll reiterate it now. It's a perception issue. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's been in the minor leagues knows how good the baseball is.
2: Good baseball.
3: But anybody who sees a minor league game for the first time, it looks like a sideshow. The yeah. guys wearing these goofy uniforms oh. that don't fit correct. You have all the, which, you know what? That is minor league baseball, the goofy uniforms, the funny names like that. I do love, but make it look good. You know, make the, make the on-field personnel really have some personality, make them enjoyable to have on the field. Don't make it a grind to everybody's ears. I mean, make the games presentable and show the product as what it is high-level professional baseball, really focus on the product. And then I think the game itself becomes more profitable.
1: Absolutely. Um, Owners, you know, we're talking about guys with egos here and Mm -hmm. and huge, huge salaries, likely uh, some of these guys in their older age, like I said, I'm not going to jump on some of these guys, but let's just say what it is. Some of these guys uh, begin to own teams, that that's their hobby, or it it becomes a toy to them. Why why do you think the with a group of owners that are in the major leagues right now should come together and work on
2: this? Um, sorry guys, I just uh, I'm on one percent. I was I, the reason I was checking my battery literally every five seconds to make sure I didn't cancel out. No worries. Um, <laughs> uh, why should the owners come together? to agree on this. Um, you know, that's up to them man. that's up to the owners to decide. I mean, if I sit here, I mean, the, the it's there, man, the information's there. Um, you see what's going on. You know, we've talked about invest, you know, investing into your prospects, you know, putting money into your product. Like it's a very simple thing. Um, anything that needs change, it has to come from within. And so, um, you hate to see media, mainstream media, come on and be that change. You know, you want it to always be like an organic. Okay, this needs to happen, but at the same time, it's the world that we live in, and so when there's pressure, things change. Um, and that's where I I spoke uh, very passionately. Probably a couple of months ago, I said, you know, I I came across very hot. I feel like I came across very angry. And my intention was not to be a person that's just bashing and being like a nasty person. It just was trying to be honest and authentic to what I believed in. And then I recently said, you know, I think there's another approach that can happen to change the situation. And that's why, you know, maybe my tone, it's not fake. It's just that yelling and bitching and saying, this is that it's not going to change. And so um, as Kieran's doing as, you know, more than baseball is doing, even my organization and my wife's organization behind the lights is doing, you're trying to take that change into your own hands. And so um, it's up to the owners to decide if they think they need to change. Um, People will change if they want, but eventually, you know, everyone around you is going to change and it's kind of up to you to decide if, Hey, um, this needs to happen or it doesn't. And that's what I think is going on. I think people are catching on. I think it's on the hot seat. Um, it's not just put your head down and play anymore. It's, hey, man, there's, you know, real-life uh, situations going on that yeah. need to
3: happen. There's humans wearing these uniforms exactly. that, that deal with the same human problems. Um, you know, I in my article with ESPN, I was pretty direct about my comments towards Artie Moreno. And that was because I grew up in Southern California. I saw what the Angels went through for 20 years and then got to see it firsthand from the inside. And I went, hmm, this makes a lot of sense now. And hearing, hearing how that system had operated for so long, it actually, yeah, it did make me very angry. Because, yeah, I can pretty confidently say, you may own the team, but there's so many other people who could do your job better than you. Yeah. Just let them do it. Mm -hmm. Some of these owners who have really taken the, you know, the team into their hands, they may not understand how intricate the game gets. That just throwing a few hundred million dollars at somebody will not make your team win games. If that personality does not mesh with your team and you just signed them to a $300 million contract, you now have to rebuild your whole system around this one guy. And if he doesn't perform, then what? Yeah. It is it is a numbers game. We've talked about it before. Always betting big and saying, hey, we're going to hit the jackpot every time is a ridiculous way to try and win championships. Really being smart, spreading it across the board, making sure that you're taking care of every single player because you don't know who that 25th player is going to be who makes the difference between you getting to the world series and you losing in the ALCS or the DS or the wildcard game. Yep. Like taking it down to its smallest uh, factor and focusing on every single one of those, I think should be the key of any owner. If you own a team and you have that sort of control, why are you not looking at all these details that you can improve? and constantly trying to push the envelope and make them better. It doesn't mean always throwing millions and millions of dollars. It means being very smart about where you put your money. And that means having smart people on the ground who can tell you where to put your money. And that's why I go back to talking to the people in the game, talking to the people who've been there for a decade. That's where the good information comes from. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, we're an Angels podcast, so I'll try to tie it to the Angels because that's what most of our listeners uh, can use as a reference. Championships are built from within. Todd and I have said that for a long time, and I think we're, starting, we're finally starting to hit the stage where Angels fans are starting to realize that, you know, that's more and more true. And, you know, baseball is such a beautiful game because it provides such parity, unlike some other sports where, you know, the NFL its the same teams winning every year. NBA, one player makes such a big difference that all of a sudden you're a finals contender. In baseball, it truly is an effort from the top down. So the beauty in baseball has always been the fact that that one minor leaguer has a really good year. They could get to the the mountaintop, which is Major League Baseball, and make an immediate impact. We've seen it even for the Angels. I mean, look at Francisco Rodriguez in 2002. Minor league guy came up made a huge impact, was one of the biggest reasons the Angels won the World Series. You look at the teams who have been winning lately, and it starts off with minor league baseball. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we understand this is a business. So let's talk about it in terms of a business. Why wouldn't you want to invest in a situation where your cheapest employee, uh, at least most economical employee, could be you know, your biggest quote unquote moneymaker. Right. I mean, you know, in terms of a business, that's what, yeah. what, what it boils down to.
3: Like if you're drafting guys at, or say if you're signing guys, Dominican sign at 16, 16, 17, 18, 19, you don't know how they're going to develop at 23, 24. And if you're not giving them the tools to do so from the time that they're 17 and they're eating garbage food from the time they're 17 and they're not developing good habits from the time they're 17, they're probably not going to develop at 23. But if you take a guy at 17 who's maybe a little skinny, maybe doesn't have good routines, and really invest in their performance, all of a sudden you may end up with a perennial all-star because at 22, 23, he starts to fill out a little bit. He's already got all the basics of the game down. He understands the mental side. He knows how to handle failure. And now this you know, $15,000 signee ends up being your $150 million player. Yeah. And what did you have to invest in him? A good system, some good food, a few million dollars, and you're looking yeah. at a guy who's worth hundreds of millions. And, I wanna, you don't, I wanna... and no, no scout in the world can sit there and say for sure that any guy that they pick is going to end up being that guy.
0: Yeah, but every uh, look, guy that they look at, has he's a potential. great example.
2: Guys, like I want to say, like you know, you see a lot of people in the minor leagues, and this is kind of taking a opposite, like, opinion on this whole thing. Um, I'm not sitting here defending um, owners over players or players over owners, but I'm strictly saying from what I've seen is when you see players that come into an organization that, like, buy into the organization, it's like, it goes both ways, man. It's like, yes, like, don't get me wrong, like, there's a lot that needs to change on the other side. But, like, as a player side, players that come in that think they're hot shit, that think they have all the answers, that think, like, they're going to just figure it out, that's, like, their routine. It's, like, yeah, you have your one-offs, like, Bauer, you know, that do their stuff or, like, you know, make it. But, like, you see a lot of players that, like, buy into the club at a young age, man, like, those are the guys that make it, and those are the guys that, like, excel at, like, an extreme level. And that's where – Uh, you know, you talk about like culture and you talk about from a ground up approach, it's like the, there's clubs out there that like provide good stuff and there's clubs that are out there for shit. And so like, even though it takes the owner side to bring the, you know, the supply, the player, it's your job. If you're, if you are an employee, like, and, and that's where it's like, it's not just to sit there and, you know, your job to just put your head down and play. Like, I hate that. Just put your head down and play control what you can control. Like, these are very like coined words that are thrown around in the minor leagues. It's like, dude, listen, like if this is your employer, um, hopefully they're a good one. If not shit, man, like you drew the bad, you, you drew that.
3: Better hope you get rule five or, or traded. Yeah, <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
2: employer that's investing into you, man. And you're sitting there being like a smart ass. or you think you're too cool for school? Like, then just like get out because like these guys are buying into you, and so I've seen that. I've seen a lot of like players come into um, you know organizations that are like, oh, I got my own routine, I got this. Now I'm not trying to say just sit there and listen to you know a coach tells you to get rid of your curveball grip, and you you believe in it. No, I'm talking about like take an opportunity if if someone's offering to teach mental skills, and someone's offering to like provide you good quality food, and you sit to go to and you decide to go to a bar to hang out with your friends over what the teams are providing for you. And it's good stuff, man. Like that's on you. And like, that's just another, like, I'm, I'm not trying to just play devil's advocate I'm just saying like, um, I, I do want to put in that like owners, you know, meeting, meeting like halfway is very big, but like the players also the prospects, the minor leaguers, like that, you know, there's a, there's a feel side
3: of that, man. Like yeah, they need I mean- to, you can give players the world. You can give them every single thing that they need. And there's still going to be guys who just don't get it. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I'll speak from personal experience. Cause I was that kid who came in at 17 years old and thought it was hot shit and didn't really figure it out <clears throat> until I was 23. But the Indians continually took time with me. It's why I know, you know, at least from my own perspective and from my experience that this works because they really invested in me from a human point of view. They had mental skills coaches. I owe an enormous amount to Cece Clark, Brian Miles, Oscar Gutierrez. Like they, they taught me things about myself that I just wouldn't have figured out without that resource. You know, when I finally really bought into the strength camps and was getting there and putting on weight, you know, I went from a skinny kid who would top out at 94 and, you know, kind of gas out to a bullpen arm who was up to triple digits. And it was through their development system and understanding how to build routines. And, you know, they give their players the tools they need to turn themselves into big leaguers. It's, it's, you know, I praise the Indians for what they did. And then I kind of kicked myself in in 18 going into 19 when I was a free agent thinking, well, I'm going to take what I've learned and, and put it with an organization that really needs it. And I'm just going to thrive. And I got into a system that was different and struggled a bit. realizing like oh i don't have it all figured out and kind of breaking it back down and building it back up again um but having the tools from my years in the indians allowed me to grow up it allowed me to reach a point where i knew what i needed to do where i was comfortable knowing what i needed to do and then actually having the drive and ability to do it
1: all right yeah i mean that you mentioned that before about the indians being that organization. And at least, you know, you were able to see the good side of it. Same thing with Ty, with Boston. Um, the last couple questions I, I want to ask you guys um, it, what are you getting out of making um, to, to you personally? Like, how does this make you feel knowing that finally in 2021, the voices are being heard more uh, that the level of intensity is growing for this change what does this mean to you personally, both of you? Like your involvement with this movement?
2: Um, I'll answer this. I don't mean to just dip out, guys, but Sam and I have a few things we got to get our house situated right now. Okay. And I, no problem. I like how like, do you have to like in record or how, how how does this happen? Just be honest.
1: Oh, uh, well, if you if you want to just dip out, you could dip out on your side, and it will be will be, we'll be fine. I guess now. I want
2: to want to answer it um meaning like you know um like how this thing means man like it's what you guys are doing right my freaking phone i'm sorry shit show right now man um (laughs) like what you guys are doing like the fact that fans and like um people are gaining attention like the like the fact that people are starting to be aware like I, i i know everyone you know hates on like Instagram and social media and like attention and views and stuff. But like, dude, I posted a reel and I got 260,000 people that heard me talk about minor league pay and talk about how $10,000 is is kind of bullshit, which it is. Mm -hmm. And so like, that is a huge benefit. What more baseball and what Kieran and everyone's doing is a huge benefit, raising awareness. And so like, you don't hear these things um, happening, you know, this was not happening five years ago. And I think As you guys, one of your first questions was talking about, like, social media. um, Like, how has that impacted this whole movement? Well, it's impacted because it's given everyone a voice. And you get to a certain threshold where people are like, enough's enough. You know, you start talking about mental health. You start talking about, like, you know, a point where people are like, dude, like, this has to change, man. And that's where, like, me, I had my perspective in the minor leagues. I was a shut up and play. I got to the MLB. I stepped away from the game. Um, and I kind of wanted to learn a new perspective and I started just reflecting on a lot about my situation. I'm like, damn, man, I wish I would have spoke up more about, you know, some things that's like, and, and that's the thing. It's like not sitting here attacking the work ethic, you know, the, or the, the, the demands to play. It's just like just basic human rights that like, it's a no brainer. And so, um, you know, I, I think everything that's happening is positive. I think it's going to continue to take time. It's going to take uh, years, unfortunately. Um, but hey, we're here talking about it. Um, you know, I want to continue to be a voice and um, shed some light on it, man. Because people just like like we said, the first uh, one of the first answers. Like people think a minor league baseball player, it's like they they you know making hundred and fifty k two hundred k. They're rich. They got the whole thing. And it's like that's the farthest thing from the truth, and so just kind of continue to shed light on that. But that's all I got.
1: And we appreciate your time, Ty. Say uh, hi to thank the wife Ty. for us, and uh, and we know you got you got to run, but uh, thank you so much again for coming on. sir.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. For yeah, talking to you,
3: Ty.
2: Hearing great talking to you, man, and uh, I, you know, I just respect you so much, dude, and um, you know, you, you, you are you're courageous as hell, bro. I, you literally, uh, you know. Just I uh I'm glad you're fighting this good fight, man. And I'm here. Um I'll continue to kind of be a voice as much as I can. So thank you, and thank you, uh, more than That's baseball guys, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh talk to you guys soon. All right. All
3: right, yeah. take care. Thank you. So so Karen I uh, live interviews, I'll start crying if people compliment me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you guys are
1: trailblazers, man. You're a trailblazer in your own right, and then uh, he's a trailblazer as well, uh, getting the voices out there. But what does this mean to you personally? Because I want to ask the same question at Gabe Tie.
3: Well, to me, it's an opportunity. I mean, this is really the first time in in at least my experience in baseball that the minor leagues is even being talked about in any sort of a positive light. Mm. Like, there's positive direction. We actually – accomplish something incredible we got something done we got our voices heard and while no not everything's perfect with it i think this is the first step to having a seat at the table being able to you know discuss our workplace and have some control over it to make sure that we're not losing all these incredible athletes through the cracks that have been formed in this system Mm to me, this is the opportunity to rebuild the minor leagues. I mean, we, I think as a, as a nation, like reinvesting in these towns, these cities, reinvesting in our roots
1: mm-hmm.
3: is, is something that is super powerful. I mean, it, it will bring people to the ballpark. We saw it in Alabama. They put a lot of money in that stadium and they had an incredible turnout. And they have fan base up to Tennessee, down to Pensacola. Yeah. People wearing the uniform or the, the gear. Baseball will always be here. I think it is finally time to rebuild it and give it a new platform to kind of go to greater heights than it's ever been. I fully believe that it can be a very profitable business. I don't delude myself in thinking that this isn't a business still. But I sit there and I look at it and I go why do we present this product as anything less than world class you know, top tier athleticism the most incredible feats of human athleticism you can think of. Guys throwing 100 miles an hour. The body's not even supposed to be able to do that. And yet Guys go out there and they do it every night, hitting that hundred mile an hour pitch, four hundred and fifty feet. Where else can you see that live? It there is nowhere else on the planet where that happens as often as it does, across as many cities as it does, day in and day out, one hundred and twenty days in the summer. It's absolutely beautiful. And it needs to be represented to the public as this pun intended diamond. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was on my. Go ahead. Oh, I
0: was like, who's that?
3: <laughs> um, to remind people what is in their backyard and to reinvest in these players and remind them. Yeah, what you do is incredible and you deserve to be treated as such. So to me, this is the first step in a a very, very long road to a rebuild. Mm -hmm. But something that will come out the other side as really, truly special. I only see that happening, though, if there is collaboration between everybody. If these walls and these egos come down and the people who make the decisions around baseball and the people who love baseball get in the same room and discuss what is going to be best for the game. Getting rid of the inner circle, getting rid of all the bullshit, and just sitting down and honestly saying what is best for the game. Because what is best for the game is best for the business because the game is the business. Absolutely. And to think that its employees are anything but the most important driving factor of that business. I think is a completely delusional idea. Without those players going day in and day out, none of it works. I agree. I mean, like if if they were to, if the players were
1: to feel valued at the lowest level on up, uh, the um, the game, their loyalty in itself, like you said, would just be amazing, and it yeah, would. Yeah, I think I think would players back.
3: would buy into it more. Mm-hmm. I think guys would dedicate themselves to playing longer, to pushing themselves more in the off season to taking more time to their development i've been reaching out to guys now and just trying to get on the phone with them and they're like hey you know i'm working out from nine to one and then i work from 130 until six and that's not what a true elite athlete should be doing yeah they shouldn't be finishing up their workout showering and going to lululemon for six hours to stand and talk to people (laughs) (laughs) so many of them have
0: to do it yeah yeah all the time, uh, powerful stuff, Kieran. Absolutely powerful stuff. Uh, is this our closing, Todd? Is this like, or is this where we so give our closing me, thoughts? Yeah, I just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I, I have a closing ready. I just don't want to throw it out there. Like, oh, I got one more question.
1: Well, I, I do have. I do have one last question, and it, it, he uh, could just sum it up: uh, yes or no, or if he wants. Uh, the CBA, obviously, is right around the corner. It's it's the big dark cloud over baseball right now. No one wants to see a shutdown. There's a lot to talk about. Is there a chance, in your opinion, this gets into the crevices to where we can actually maybe talk about it
0: a little bit? God, I hope so. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I'm expecting a lockout. I'm expecting it to be a relatively short one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot of posturing. I don't agree with anybody's tactics in this particular scenario. Um, well, what do I know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. no, I mean, I, the, I think everyone's projecting a lockout. I know as of, right now they're like Texas right now, trying to avoid a potential lockout. But I think right now the word on the road is that it's inevitable. Hopefully uh, K- uh, Kieran's correct. And there is not going to be a long, lengthy lockout. I mean, you know, we all know baseball can't afford a long, lengthy lockout.
1: Yeah, they've done so much to get the fans back. I think we're seeing a lot more younger fans participating now, and I think it would be counterproductive to have any kind of work stoppage. Um, but, yeah, let's get into final thoughts, if you want, Fernando or, or Karen, on this one.
0: I'll, I'll let Kieran go first, as far as a final thought, if he didn't already – get it all out no there.
3: i mean I've, I've certainly said plenty i like i said I'll, I'll just reiterate it i think it's the time to rebuild the minor leagues better than it's ever been mm-hmm. i think it's time to change the perception and give the people what they want which is good baseball good atmosphere fun food unique environment you know zany entertainment for, entertainment you know, small all cities the, you know it's Give them the beauty of the minor leagues that has been there and has been cultivated over just an extensive period of time. And then give them the new look. Mm. Show them that not only can you have the goofy kind of fun stuff, but you can have you know this 20-year-old kid who's just figured out a new slider that's 92 uh, miles an hour, and he's going out there trying it for the first time, and oh, look, it's disgusting. And yeah. you just get to see you get to see players bloom. You get to see them figure it out and getting to do that. And really like investing in the players that are at that level, showing the fans who they are, allowing them to be themselves. And then once again, just changing the perception and allowing the fans to see the game for what it is extreme athletes going at each other. I mean, it really is the best of the best show the fans that sell the products for what it is, which is a lot better than we've been doing so far. And I think everybody benefits.
1: Exactly, Fernando.
0: Yeah, let's create this romantic—you know—the romanticized minor league baseball that's existed. Let's make that a reality. Yeah, you know exactly. what? Well, let's make a reality where you know. I, I think everyone will agree with what Ty said earlier. You know, we're not asking for a single A player to make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year because, you know, then maybe players will get complacent. Well, why would I want to go up to double A when I like my situation here and I'm getting paid well to live? You know, so we're not asking for these guys to get paid tons and tons of money we're asking for a livable wage we're exactly. asking for minimum wage to be met um so i guess my closing thing is here and to go to what todd uh, had asked earlier you know what does this mean to us uh, you know this issue um to me is fighting for something that's right. We've, we've said it multiple times in all these interviews, including this one, this round table, is that we're fighting for basic human rights. You know, um, one day, I believe that, you know, I'm going to be on my deathbed. What I want is for my child, or if I'm lucky and my fiancee are, are lucky enough to have more children, our children, to look at me as a person and say, hey, you know what, my dad was the person who, fought for something that was right. And that's not just, you know, in this case of minor league baseball, we try to do whatever we can here on this podcast for everyone's rights. We want the the world to be a better place. At the end of the day, I think when we all die, we want to leave the world better than how we found it. You know, in the grand scheme of things to people, this might not be world changing news. And you know what? It maybe might not be, but at the end of the day, if we can come together cohesively to make a situation for a 18 year old kid better, then there's no telling what we can do as a collective group. I mean, when did the time come that it became okay for somebody to worry about where they're sleeping at night or how they're going to break their lease to advance in their career. If I was sitting here telling, you know, anybody about a situation where there's, you know, let's just say an 18 year old kid who's getting paid $18 uh, to make shoes in a fact, or sorry, uh, getting paid $4 to make shoes in a factory, uh, getting fed uh, gross food, you know, sleeping with six men in one room or, you know, having to refrigerate chicken in an air conditioner or cook ramen noodles in a bathtub. And Oh, it's Nike doing that. Well, most people would be like, you know what? I'm never wearing a Nike again, but you know, we're talking about this in a very real situation with minor league baseball players. You know, we can take anything, any topic, no matter how serious it is and boil it down to seem insignificant. That doesn't make it right. That's what people I feel like are trying to do, and it's simply brushed off. With it's part of the process. These guys have to do that to get there. You know why are other major league players who are at the absolute mountaintop of their profession forgetting that they had to do this? Why isn't it more widely acceptable to talk about it? Is it truly because of the politics of baseball? If that's the case, that's great, but. Nothing's going to change if conversations like this don't take place. And that's why we love the opportunity to talk about it. That's why we love bringing people into the circle who are willing to talk about this. Not because we want to bring down major league baseball, because we want the game that we all love to be left better when we're on our deathbed. Yeah, that's what a, I have to say.
3: We don't want to bring them down. We want to raise it all up. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. really that's, that's the goal. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I'm confident. I tend to be an optimist on things like this, but um, it seems that there is enough energy. And now for the first time, it seems that people can put faces to minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. For a long time, it's just minor leaguers. Nobody could name a minor leaguer, but everyone could name the best major leaguers. Mm -hmm. Now there's at least a human element to it. And I think that human element really is the difference maker. It's not, oh, these guys are so lucky. It's, oh, these guys are suffering to play for us. You know, the, the everything that goes on before the guys cross the white line, that's now starting to come to light. And people are looking at it and saying, that doesn't seem quite right. And it's not just from us. I mean, there is an entire wave of people that are changing their opinions. That are, there's a, there's a shift going on and a lot of values across this country. And for us, I think it's a serious benefit.
1: Absolutely. And then maybe, maybe now like invoking change, like, again, you're going to be able to look back at this and say, you know, I was a part of that. I was a part of helping these players. Like you're a part of, you know, teaching, you know, younger kids how to, to, to craft their baseball. You're also teaching others out there like ourselves who weren't too privy about everything. Now we're able to send that message to other people. And it's a, it's a trickle down effect and the voices are being heard, you know, like, uh, like we have our red bubble stuff that we do that we give rep back to uh, the minor league system as a charity, uh, stand with them at uh, IIB uh, players, ball players. And it's, it's something that we're seeing more and more, not just us making shirts or things like that for support it's, it's going around and it's a, it's a really good thing because eventually the right people will see it and the right moves will be made. So I think that's what we have to hang our hat on at the end of the day and a uh, kudos to you and the baseball organizations that are keeping this prevalent.
3: Yeah, that's all we can do. I mean, just make it better for those who come next.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Thanks for always. thanks for once again, uh, speaking out when you did man i mean you i i don't i know you'll never take credit for it because i can tell from these conversations we have that you're a very humble person um but man you you changed the the system you made a difference and you know is the system perfect right now no will it ever be probably not but at the end of the day the game is better now than when you entered it and at the end of the day when you reflect on your life that's something that's going to matter. It's not going to matter if you're a Hall of Fame baseball player. What's always going to matter is if you're a Hall of Fame person. And you made a difference, man. You you, you simply did, but we're not done. There Can was a moment
3: in my career where I was told that I was a shit teammate. And the, the person who told me said, I didn't want to finish my career being the best baseball player. I wanted to finish my career that when you asked another person who I played with, Hey, what do you think of that guy? Oh, he was a good teammate. That was a turning point in my career where I really wanted to start to put the players to my right and my left first.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And the game took on this beautiful new meaning to me that I could do my part, not just by putting in my own work, but by picking up the guy to my right who maybe had a rough day or needed that that little boost who you know is going through something with his family and you just need to be there for him. That turned my, I mean, my career, my life, whatever. It turned it around um, to hear you guys be so, uh, so kind and, and the kind words that Ty said. It, it does get me very emotional. This is something that I never thought I would see.
0: know, be the change you want to see in the world, right? You, yeah. you, you did it. So, you know, the, the fight's not over and it probably never will be, um, regardless if you're tackling it as a player or whatever you end up being. Um, you know, you, we, we've got your back. You're, you're a great person. And, you know, we're, we're glad we made this uh, relationship. We hope you can continue to grow it. Um, as a thank you for your time, we'd like to donate uh, to a charity of your choice. Um, do you have any charities on your mind? That uh, you would like us to support?
3: Um, no, not off the top of my head. I know that I have one, but I don't know if I have the name correct. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, whatever. Um, whenever you got it, uh, send it over to to us, and uh, we'll gladly make a donation uh, if you want under your name or just under the podcast name or anonymous, whatever. Just let actually, us know. And
3: I do have. Okay, it is Harmony Baseball Academy in Cameroon. Okay. Um. I've retweeted it on my Twitter. But what the kid there is doing is incredible. He's an 18-year-old kid, and he is teaching camps to kids all younger than him, and he has them doing the fundamentals correct. It's just what he's doing is absolutely spectacular. I needed to go to him. I need him to be seen for, for what he's doing. And to bring baseball to Cameroon is is spectacular and yeah. That's, that is where I want that going. Send us a or link to,
1: Yeah. Send us a link too, or, or maybe, uh, we could look it up here and, and uh, maybe Fernando can post it on the page. I'll, I'll
3: double check with the link and I'll send it to you guys.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, we'd appreciate that. Cause we'd like to give the, the young man some love as well. That's pretty cool. So, uh, again, uh, thank you, Karen, for joining us tonight on this, uh, round table, along with Ty Ty had a dip a little early, but, uh, we really appreciate your guys' insights and, uh, all the, uh, you know, because we're going to we got a lot of feedback from Ty's last appearance and as well as yours, too. So uh, it's, you know, a lot of positive about people either saying, oh, we've just found out about this or, or it's great what they're doing. It's it's the talking point. that's co- So it's been really positive and And especially with your with your experiences in life too, going through things, a lot of positivity came from that as well. well
3: I'm I'm really glad that me getting to to come on and, and talk to you guys can share that. That positivity and bring that positivity out of people. That that makes me very happy to hear.
1: Yeah, you guys definitely may being difference makers. So again, uh any any final thoughts, Fernando? Because I'll end right her here. No,
0: if um anybody listening, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to listen to the interview we did with Ty or uh Kieran, uh, go ahead and uh, check it out. Um, I don't think we're gonna be doing any formal episodes at the end of the year. This is probably going to be the last new one for the year, unless there's any breaking news. So we will be re-releasing some old interviews we did, including the two we just mentioned. So uh, go ahead and check those out. They're great interviews. Um, You really get to listen to uh, Kieran's story and everything he went through and what inspired all this minor league roundtable. So, you know, great work, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Same with Ty. You guys just both keep fighting the good fight, man. You guys always have fans and friends over here.
3: Thank you. It means a lot to me.
1: All right, Kieran, so for everybody here on Halos the infield, have a good evening.
3: Yeah, good night, you guys.